So I woke up in the recovery room with a clamp still on my head and all the tube down my throat. To give a, a kid, I was a kid, mm -hmm. a million quid, it just broke his neck. And my mum never went home. She stayed in the hospital, she never went home for a month. And I had to say to him, you've got to start getting on with your life, I've got to grow up quite quickly here. Challenge I'm going to do, I want to climb the equivalent of Mount Everest over eight months. I was on Tremadon, a strong painkiller. The amount of times I'd, I was laid there with them, the packets next to me, going, I'm going to have this, I'm going to do it. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Man Overboard podcast. Today we're joined by Alan Clayton, a man who's had an amazing journey in life uh, from being a young footballer to going through a, a, an awful accident all the way to climbing the same amount as Mount Everest within within the space of 12 months, which is unbelievable. What football team were you playing for originally? This is something I, I wasn't. I wasn't... Um... I had ambitions of being a footballer. Oh, okay. I played to a decent stand. So growing up, I represented my county. And from where I'm, I'm from a small town, Whittlington, on mm -hmm. the coast. Oh, but so around that area, I was a good average footballer. Do you know what I mean? Like I say, representing my county, going off to France and stuff like that and to tournaments. But it was soon apparent, you know, at 15, that you know, well, I didn't grow. I was a late developer. <laughs> so, you know, when everybody else grows and they're all massive and I'm like, yeah. good football but But back then, it wasn't about the small players, it was the big players. But then I've got a few friends that did make professional and I'd look at them and I was a million miles off. But in that area, I was a decent decent little player. Yeah, but yeah. I had my accident at 17, but I was playing the best football I'd ever played the week of my accident. Oh, that, that season, I was like, yeah, that was that was the opportunity, and you were looking at your mates thinking, "I was a better footballer than you. I could have definitely." Well, I think football's my my passion. I love it. I think as I'm getting older, I used to watch a lot of football. You know, I caught Super Sunday. Say if um, mm -hmm. Man U Man City was on, I'd sit and watch it. I work now. I watch Everton, and I'm, I, I watch them. But I've, I've, the older I'm getting, I'm going, I'm not fast. Mm -hmm. um, but football sent me into depression. So as much as I love it. I say it's anything to a depression. What happened was after my accident, I was in a wheelchair and they used to let me go home on weekend leave. Like being in prison, you get weekends out. Um, and I'd go down to watch the team I was playing for. And I dropped down leagues. I started playing with my mates, mm -hmm. this new team. And it was playing in, I think it was Division 3 in the Driffield, Driffield Leagues or whatever it was. And it was it was easy. And I'm watching, I'm thinking, if I could get jogging, I could still play this. And then on a weekend after that, I just go and get smashed because I was like, actually, I'm watching this football. You know, when I've looked back at it, I've like, I was torturing myself every weekend. Mm -hmm. So no, I won't. I won't have made it. <laughs> so it was essentially was like you would you would go into something that you then couldn't do that you'd previously been in love with. So it yeah, kind of developed like a love hate relationship with yeah. And then I, I I was going out on a weekend and getting off my head, mm -hmm. and probably being a bit of an arrogant. Bastard, really. Am I just, can I, yeah, no. Oh, so it's a bit of an arrogant prick, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm not like that. Mm -hmm. I'm not. I'm like, uh, I think I'm not. Um, I'm quite shy and reserved, really. And um, yeah, I was just going out. I didn't know how to handle it. So I'd got over, like, had this accident and then it was like, just watching it and thinking, I wish I could just still do it. And uh, in fact, it was only, I've moved now. I, lived, I live up in Gisborne, North Yorkshire. Teesside, as my missus likes to call it, it's definitely North York, New York, and I'm not moving out of York. Um, but I, I went to watch uh, Gisborne Town play, and they played the league below Bury Town, actually. And they were playing this one game, it was last season. There was these big defenders, and this guy smashed this attacker. And it was the first time I went, Oh, I don't miss it. <laughs> yeah. I do not miss that. 
And I was like, yeah, that's one of those crunching tackles. Yeah, yeah they're, they're the worst. It's gone and it's... I've got a stepdaughter that plays football now and um, I get my enjoyment just watching her play. Do you know what I mean? They're that I get no enjoyment from ever. <laughs> I can't watch, watch them and it's... Uh, yeah, it's great. I feel the pain recently with Leeds. Leeds and Everton are in a, in a very similar position. But um, you mentioned the accident there a few times. Are you able to go into what the accident actually was? Like, what happened? Yes. Do you remember? Yeah, <laughs> sadly. Um, so everybody thinks, young drivers, you must have been messing about, you dickheads. You know, first time behind wheel and everything. It wasn't that. I was, um, my friend had just passed his driving test. So he, had, he was a new driver. Mm. But it was... It gave us like that sense of freedom. We could go to McDonald's for lunch. Mm -hmm. I'd get out of six far, but you didn't have to just mm -hmm. go to the local chippy. And um, this girl wanted to lift home. She lived in the next village. So we're taking it. It was a bit of a crap wet day. Dropped her off. I had a cup of tea. And we we're coming back just down a country road. And we were actually doing 50 mile an hour. So the speed limit was 60. We weren't messing about, weren't doing anything wrong, just driving along. And uh, we came across a situation you'd come across every day. You know, like a, a car waiting at this side of the road, waiting mm -hmm. to pull across. We thought we were just going to go straight past him. And he just decided to pull in. So we smashed into him and then smashed into a tree, mm. doing 50 mile an hour. And it would probably been better smashing into him, really. Just uh, yeah, straight on. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. sadly that would have probably killed his wife. And um, Anyway, we hit a tree. Um, there was two people in the back. And then I was a front seat passenger. Driver got out came around and I was just being strangled seatbelts right across my neck. It was, um, there was, there was blood just dripping down my face. Turns out I had a tiny little cut on top of my head, but it was, uh, it just dripping and it felt like it, the engine was on my lap. I'll have to get you a picture of the car. I'll send yeah. you, you know, if you want to put it over, cause it's, yeah, we will. when you see it, you'll be, mm -hmm. um, but I could feel, I could look down. So I was stuck in like that position and I could just see this hand. And my head's telling this hand to move, but I couldn't move it. It was like making this weird movement. And I thought, oh, I broke my arm. I've never broken a bone before, so I've arched my arm. Mm -hmm. First thought, Eric Cantona played with a pot on his hand, didn't he? <laughs> that, honestly, that was my first thought. Uh, at least I can still play football. I can still play football. Um, got airlifted. I remember taking off. Uh, got airlifted to Hull Royal, which is by car an hour away. Um, and they opened me up that night. And put metal work in the front. So I broke C4, 5, and 6, which is here. Okay. Um, so they opened me up there and put metal work in. So that was the first operation. But they gave me like 5% chance of using my arms and legs again. Um, what, was the, what was the initial feeling like when you, when you heard that for the first time? That, I can't remember it, to be honest. Yeah. I, I, I remember a little bit of... Doctor, it was called Doctor O'Brien, and he came because I was I was seventeen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So my my parents were having to sign everything; they couldn't actually do it without their their say. And I remember him coming and doing a drawing next to me, and I remember him saying that this one was so close to my voice box. Um, so it's probably in voice box. Yeah, but um, that I might need one of those machines. Oh, you uh, see people talking. Yes, yeah. One, one of them. It was yeah. like millimeters away from the larynx. Uh, something is that what it is? Some of those, isn't it? Yeah, I know what it's called. So it was going to be close. To that. So that's what I remember, and I don't remember anything else. I remember waking up. <laughs> my mum, um, bless her, I just turned around and first, well, I didn't turn around. I couldn't move. I, I, first thing I said was, I went over to the toilet. So I had a catheter in and all stuff like that. I didn't know what catheter was. Yeah. 
oh, someone shoved, shoved up there. <laughs> it's like, well, so yeah, that was it. it was, that was um, first thing. But then I had another operation three weeks later where they took bone from my hip and opened up at the back and did the same at the back. But that one, they didn't give me enough drugs. So I woke up in the recovery room with a clamp still on my head and all the tubes down my throat, yeah. which still ha not haunts me when I go to the dentist. Mm -hmm. The one thing I still struggle with dentists. So when they were in my mouth, you cast them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can imagine. I'd be exactly the same. I always have to say to Dana, like, listen, I explain what happened to me. I says, I get anxious about this. I'm a bit of a nightmare. So the, because I usually tell them that, that my dentist is really good with me because they get it. Yeah, yeah. And they know yeah, that yeah. I'm a bit fidgety and, and tongues all over. That's it. Well, I mean, I mean, it's not a surprise, really. I mean, if, if it's it's going to be one of those situations where it's like, I don't want anything to do with this now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just, it puts me in that that again for some reason and mm -hmm. I don't like it so after after the accident happened and you'd had these operations what what did life look like for a little bit uh so I spent four weeks in Hull and then they transferred me to Pinderfield's spinal unit in Whitfield mm -hmm. they uh took me on on a trolley and I'm and I'm looking around because again I was laid flat still couldn't move there was nothing no movement I'm looking around I was like everybody was in wheelchairs not seen anybody really in a wheelchair. It's, it's old people in wheelchairs. Mm -hmm. seen younger people in wheelchairs. I was like, shit. And my mum in Hull never went home. She stayed in the hospital. She never went home for a month. Um, and I had to say to him, you've got to start getting on with your life. I've got to grow up quite quickly here. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's what it looked like. I was like, shit. Reality's kicked in now. It's time to get better. Mm -hmm. But... <laughs> I, I got, somebody told me this the other day. They said, oh, you must have been really mentally strong. I think there must have been a bit of that. But also, I believe, 17, I was cocky. Mm. I think that's what got me through. So when, when doctors are saying, you, listen, you're not putting up on the walk again. Yeah. I, I generally be a bit, it was a bit of that. I told my football manager I'd be back on pitch by Christmas. Just straight out. And I didn't realise the severity of <laughs> yeah, yeah. what had gone on. Yeah, yeah, and I was but... very high on drugs at the time. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought I'd be back on the pitch by Christmas, but um, it was like, hey, I've got to grow up pretty quick here. Yeah, I bet that was not maybe not humbling, probably not the correct word, but a time in life where you went from being a kid to an adult very, very quickly. Yeah, I thought I did, but actually looking back, it's a little boy. No. But you do that and you take the accident away. You 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 mm. guys yourself, you know when you're eighteen, all of a sudden mm. with a big man out with our seventeen, that's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Little bullets, really, isn't it? yeah. We're little boys, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just like to think we are. So it made I think, yeah, I did grow up because I dealt with it. Mm. And I never you know I had to get on with it. But when I do actually look a little boy. I know what you mean actually. Sometimes I think do you know like in America you're not an adult until you're twenty one. Yeah. Sometimes I mean, in England, people drink from when they're like 14, but sometimes I kind of get the American approach. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I'm 22 now, and I only just feel like I'm starting to like properly become an adult and be a bit more like responsible. Hey, me then. Yeah. I probably didn't start feeling mid 30s. But I think that's because I was nah, probably early 30s. When I look back, I was severely depressed for a lot of those years. So I think that's why I didn't. And then you sort of think it's that's it, yeah, yeah. And then you can get to the point where then clarity kicks in, and it might be a bit later in life, a bit yeah. early in life. But yeah. as long as you get to that point, yeah, it doesn't matter. I definitely feel that now because I think fucking I'm getting old. Flying. The reality kicks <laughs> yeah. in. After the accident, when did you start like making progress? Obviously, you were in the hospital. They said, "Well, you would you seen these people in wheelchairs and stuff." What was the progression like from that point? 
I got a bit of movement in like I think. In the middle of the night. I'd sleep. Move my leg. Shit. I was going on a dead. There go back to sleep. Um I kept it from everybody. And he was actually um the driver of the accident who I'm still friends with. He came to visit me and uh my mum and that was our thing and I just I thought I was gonna show you. I moved it and it was just tears and yeah and stuff like that. But before that, they'd actually tried to sit me up in a wheelchair. And I was just spewing everywhere because I'd been laid flat for six weeks. Um, so it was horrible. But that little bit of movement back, it kind of spurred some on to go, come on and let's, let's see what I can do. Listen, I, I, I work my ass off. Mm-hmm. I've got a bit of luck as well because there's a lot of people, you know, well, you walk and you should be all right. You, you saw how I walked in, I walk with a limp, can't use this hand. There's still the effects of it, so I've got an injury. You know, bowels and bladder. I know when I need to go, but there's no control. You know, there's a lot of other stuff, but people, are you walking? Mm-hmm. You're all right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and it's not, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, well, that's the thing. It's not always what you see at surface level, is it? No. You don't, no, people just presume. On, underneath that I've had to, or deal with every day. Mm-hmm. So, it's, um. yeah, it was just funny just getting that movement back, I remember, and just, they got to sleep. And I, I must have been really, I had this little bit of, Facial hair there, I mean, all that would shave off because I was like, it's good. It's, oh, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Shave it's off now. Get... It looked terrible. <laughs> yeah. I just kept it for years. Yeah, well, I kept it for a while, yeah, because I was like, I can't, I can't shave it off. And I was, when I was in hospital, I was really, I was a vain kid. I still am vain, to be honest. Um, <laughs> the first thing I said to my wife, I'm like looking at myself in the mirror. Um, I got the nurses to shave my hair off um, because I couldn't do my own hair because I couldn't move my hands. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd lost all my weight. So when I had my accident, I was same size as my dad. I was five foot eight, about eleven stone, something like that. I was all right. I was never no. big, but yeah. I was all right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. When I had, when they first stood me up, I was six foot. Depends who you ask. I am six foot. I'm a good like my friends definitely don't say I'm six. <laughs> but I dropped down to seven stone. Damn. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. a massive oh. difference. Yeah. yeah. So what's that? So like over a third of your body weight, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. That's yeah. It's yeah. Like, Going for a shit out of your ass, you know. Yeah. You, you, so, and I suppose so. So we seen between the time that you had the accident and the recovery, you'd, you'd grown in height as well. When I, when they first took me up, yeah, I'd obviously puberty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Me, you, he's he's going through that time. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's interesting. Yeah. So then that must have been. Well, I mean, the whole situation was obviously very surreal, but all these extra things that you don't consider, like you think, like yeah, seventeen. Well, I had my 18th, so they let me home. My first weekend home was my 18th birthday. Hey. My 18th, so I had the accident was 16th, 17th of September. I always get the date. I think I always say 16th, and my sister always pulls me up on it. Um, my birthday's end of November 29th. They let me home for my first weekend on that November. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't ready to go home. Mm-hmm. I've never been in a car before. Do you know what I mean? They, they, they fast-tracked it for me. Yeah. Um, and they, I was only allowed to do certain things when I was at home. Which I completely ignored. I managed to go upstairs first weekend. There was, mm-hmm. I was it that was that the the little cocky side, and you go and I can, they told me I can't, but I bloody can. Yeah, and I think I just. I think also it's kind of it's kind of like would you say it's like not wanting to accept the fact that they're saying this, and you you kind of yeah, in the back of your mind you go and come. Was probably something in that. Yeah, yeah, because the attitude I had was like you'll leave hospital with a wheelchair and you'll you'll. You'll need a wheelchair for long distance, and you'll need walking aids. And I was like, "Not a chance, mm-hmm. not a chance. What's mm-hmm. this kind of thing?" 
it was that. It, it was... They got really used to... It. It's, it's weird because you know how you think of a hospital? Mm. And they feel didn't like that. Like a family. It right. sounds really weird. But I was only there for rehab, so the nurses become mates. You know, the medication I was on, I was self-medicating because they just come and go, right, home. There's, there's your medication for a week. Mm -hmm. I'm on a wing, so because I, I couldn't dress myself. You know, I didn't need care. So mm -hmm. I was only there for rehab. Like, it was that good. Because I was on a wing with... It was like not the better ones, the ones that were looking after themselves were on this balcony kind of thing. And... They wouldn't turn the lights on because they knew I'd be moody in the morning. And then they'd wait and they'd just leave me a cup of tea. Because at the time I didn't like coffee, so they'd just leave me a cup of tea and bring me bacon butty. Uh, do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. When I look back, it was it was brilliant. As much as it's horrible, but it was mm. actually brilliant. I think people in places like that can make all the difference, can't they? Like yeah. when there's people that are going to be stuck in there for months and for a long time like you were, it's the people working that... Yeah, and it's all the other... You, you encourage each other. There's people mm -hmm. there, and it's... Like, I was the pizza boy. Mm -hmm. So, the food was crap. <laughs> so, every, it was every Wednesday, I'd go around. We'd order pizzas, and I'd be the one that'd go around collecting the money because I could walk. And I'd go around yeah. collecting Because once once they'd... Like, the people that were in chairs were in bed, they were stuck in bed then. Mm -hmm. I was... I think that, at that time, I was the only walk on the ward. Mm -hmm. That's why my story... It's different now. There's a lot more spinal cord injury walkers, but back then, I was seen as the miracle. Mm -hmm. You didn't get people didn't really walk up a spinal a spinal or they do now thankfully. Mm -hmm. yeah. And these people that are doing what I do, but more advanced than what I do now. Do you know like getting up mountains and all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff, which I love because it's like God, oh, go on, just go smash it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That's it. yeah. I think I think another thing that people don't consider when it comes to you know the hospitals and the NHS as a whole and all this stuff is in recent years where there's obviously been massive flaws in the NHS and people. Obviously, we've, we've given a lot of support to the NHS, but there's also been an influx of, oh, they're not doing anything, this, that, and the other. And I think it's such a it's such a toxic mindset to have because it's not the people within the NHS no. that are the issue. So to, to, to blame them is just ridiculous. The nurses, it's understaffed, underpaid, and the stuff they do, and for me, just, just little things. Like, when I couldn't move, I was having to have male and female nurses bath me at the age of 17. You know, naked. Then that's, mm -hmm. that, as, as horrible as that, that's a bit of a dark place. I take myself sometimes to go, you know, when something embarrassing, you know, like if you've got to do karaoke because I can't sing. Yeah. <laughs> I take myself back to that place because, well, it can't be as bad as that. One yeah. of those little things in life now that seems like a big issue, but in reality, yeah, there's been there's been much yeah. bigger ones. So nurses are having to do stuff like that. Having to, I was having an end and I shoved up my ass every morning, then let myself sh shit the bed and then they clean it up. It's like, Getting paid shit to do that, mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> shit, yeah, and yeah, yeah, shit. yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, for you to have a first-hand experience is, yeah, I think these people deserve. To... I couldn't have got through without them. No, no, no. Yeah. They deserve the world. They certainly yeah. deserve more than the clap that they got throughout, throughout yeah. COVID. Like, yeah, and then the government now are taking them to court and all that. Yeah. And I'm like, my God, it's mental, isn't it? Yeah, I understand that after the accident and after maybe you'd recovered to a certain extent. Um, you got some compensation of some kind. What? Yeah. How did that come about? Because the 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 accident, it wasn't our fault. It was the the old gentleman's fault mm -hmm. because it changed my life. Um, we got got a compensation package, but my solicitor did ring me up and said, "At least I was one of them that they'd come around and do assessments on me." I was a bit proud, and they were saying, "Well, can you feel that? Yeah, can you do that? Yeah." And they're saying, "Shh." He did. He rang me and says, carry on going, you couldn't get nothing. Mm -hmm. He said, I'm not asking you to lie. Just be honest. Mm -hmm. Instead of 
so yeah, I got, um, I think I was 21 when I actually got it. I got a million quid. Mm. It sounds a lot. It does, but in the grand scheme. Yeah, and to give a, a kid, I was a kid, mm -hmm. a million quid. Mm -hmm. It just broke his neck. Who's mm -hmm. yeah? Who's now? Who's now? But and, and you know, you got your mobility back. Yeah, you had that time where you've and, been uh, stuck. Nobody ever once asked me if I was all right. Mm. We didn't talk about it back then. Mm -hmm. I was seen as this strong man who walked out of hospital because mm -hmm. you didn't walk out of this miracle. So you must be all right. And I was when I look back, I'm like, fucked. <laughs> yeah, mentally. Yeah. Yeah, it must have been a very tough place, especially like getting that million pound as well everyone would probably see that as oh well he's definitely all right then he's managed to walk out of hospital he's got a million pound yeah what did you end up doing with that money or what did you spend it on um i bought some stupid cars i, I didn't buy stupid cars. i bought some nice cars but nothing nothing extreme yeah when i say that i, I didn't have a porsche ferrari mm -hmm. do, do you know what i mean i had a, a nice bmw yeah but you yeah 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 yeah, I had, yeah, yeah. and i had a range rover but like mid high tier, nice. Yeah, not, I'd not, I'd not, not luxury. Cars. No, no, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Um, I like my clothes. Um, still do. But I invested. I got involved. I invest. <laughs> I got involved with the wrong people, mm -hmm. basically. Um, you know the big Ferris wheels you see. Mm -hmm. Oh, one of them. Yeah, <laughs> that's a random show. Random, random thing. Um, so I, I, I went down the. Had no purpose. I had nothing to do and. I had, I just, I worked on in this, on this seafront mm -hmm. before, and so I already knew the people, and, you know, I thought everything was all right, and, you know, when I look back, this stuff like this would never happen now, um, and uh, I bought a beautiful carousel, um, a big wheel and a mini wheel, and then I also, in, I had a, a friend come and see me who wanted me to invest in, um, you know, ink turners, you know, printers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Set up one of their, their business in that, which we did, but it turns out that didn't go too well either. So would you would you say it was a time that, you know, you're young, you've had this influx of cash, you suddenly had a lot of friends. Was it one of those situations? Friends as well. That's it, yeah, yeah. that's it, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, you know, it was always like you'd go out and you'd do well with the girls and stuff like that, but I was a bit of a knob to them because... When I look back, like not intentionally, yeah. but when I actually like thought about it, right, I've got a nice house, nice car, I'm seven stone wet through, you know, don't, I can't look in the mirror. Mm -hmm. Why do they like me? Turns out they were really nice. I mean, some of them married to my friends, the lovely people. It was, mm -hmm. just, it was nothing to do with them. It was all me. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, and it was just going out. You had people and you know, decent people, some of them I don't see anymore. But I've still got my core group of friends. I've got a core group of friends that have been with me from football. Yeah, the that's good. Eight, to being by my bedside when the accident happened, to partying with me, to being skinned with me, still be with me now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, through thick and thin. Man, that's it. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. We live together, we live like men behaving badly. Yeah. <laughs> and I wouldn't change it. No, of course not. I wouldn't change it. Because I got asked this the other week. Um, it's about my wife actually. She says, "What did she say? Something about would you change it or something like that?" So I won't change a thing. Mm. So because if I started all that money, I wouldn't have met you. I won't be doing the job. I've got like the best job in the world now. Mm -hmm. I won't be doing that. I'd be yeah, life would be completely different. Yeah, and like the businesses just went. I, I looking back, I was 
I was severely depressed. I lost my mum. My mum was my best mate. I, I had a mum that I could tell her anything to. Mm -hmm. You know, I like to say she spent the month in the hospital with me. Yeah. Um, she died of cancer suddenly, and I was only twenty-four. Mm -hmm. You know, really that's, suddenly. Yeah, that's she, to a point of she beat breast cancer, got it back. I'd been in Cyprus at a wedding. Got it back. I got back on the Sunday night. Went to see her. Monday, I took her to see the doctor. They rushed her into hospital. Thursday, they told me she had terminal cancer. But three months to a year to live. Monday, she passed away. Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> yeah. And so I was 24. like that, isn't it? Ripped away. Yeah. yeah. My best mate. And um, at the time, I thought I was handling it, but it was 2nd of October. I had my 25th birthday, end of November, and I remember my 25th birthday just went out for a meal, went to a ch Chinese in Bridge. All my mates there, I think my family were there, and uh, I remember getting into bed, I never felt as lonely in my life, and just crying myself to sleep. And I was thinking, you know, really kicked in of shit. Mm -hmm. This is, yeah, because I suppose you, you've also, it sounds like you didn't fully process what had happened to you years before anyway, and you were still yeah. unable to process. Yeah, yeah. So that's when everything was, was spiralling and... I signed a, a contract that I used to be very bitter towards the people that I was in business with. Right, right. And like I say, it would never happen now because I'm a fully functioning grown man. Yeah, yeah. Um, I tell them where to go. But I was really scared. I signed that bit of paper. I knew that was financial suicide, you know, reading it. I signed it. Mm -hmm. I, nobody got my hand and did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I signed yeah. it. And until the day I did take accountability, accountability for that, I really did struggle with it. I was very bitter, hate, and thinking of ways, and you know, horrible stuff that it just isn't made. You know, yeah. like mm -hmm. I don't know where I was brought up. <laughs> you know, I was brought up in this. My dad's a grafter who went worked his ass off. You know, so I could go play in these tournaments to talk mm -hmm. spoke about because they had to pay for it. You know, I'm not like that, and it's twisted. Yeah, I think it, I think in those situations though, it's also very hard for like, well, I mean, for myself definitely to be able to fully understand, you know, mm. the the magnitude of the events that have happened. But I think you can fully understand why, you know, your emotional and mental state would be completely shattered by that point. Like you, you would have just. I I. So I lived in Bridlington, and the amount of times I'd had pill, I was on Tremadol, mm -hmm. a strong painkiller. Amount of times I I was laid there with them the packets next to me, going I'm gonna have this I'm gonna do it. Mm -hmm. Never actually did. Never attempted it. Never did. But nobody ever knew about it until a few years ago. And then I decided I've got to get away from here. It wasn't so much the seafront. It was my mum. Mm -hmm. It was. Do you know what I mean? The business is the business. Money is money. It, I'd lost my mum. There's too many memories. There. I couldn't give two shits about the business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Follow to that. Yeah, mom. yeah. Um, and I thought, if I stay here, I'm going to kill myself. And my sister just had two little boys. And I thought, I can't do this. I've got to get away. Um, so I moved to Leeds. I knew four people in Leeds and just thought, I'm going to start a new life. So, yeah, I moved here in 2009. Never looked back? No. No. I, do you know what I did? I was back there this weekend, actually. My goddaughter's 18. God, I felt old. Fucking him. 30, yeah. I'll have him. been long. He's 18. So I went back for a party, me and my wife went back, and it was, it was great seeing everybody, but I've started to go back, not hating the place. Mm -hmm. I, I spent a lot of years 
I could feel my attitude. When I was driving back, I could feel my attitude mm. changing. Um, I don't anymore. Yeah, I, I go back. It's, I love going back to see my family and, mm-hmm. you know, there are a few friends there and their things. So, yeah, it's changed a bit. Would you say in the times when when you first got that money and you were going out and spending it all and, and getting the cars and stuff, there was maybe a bit of insecurity driving those those purchases and stuff just with like what had happened in life and, and where you were, if that made yeah, sense. It probably was. Probably was. Because like I said, I didn't got brought I didn't even I didn't even understand the value of money. So when when somebody gives you a million quid, I didn't know what a dry direct debit was. I'm standing order. Yeah. So then you give somebody a million quid as well. So <laughs> it's like just don't add up. Mm. My dad was saying, listen, we should do this, this and this, but I always saw my dad as my daddy and my dad's great with money. You, you know, I'm mean, not great, he just he's always looked after his money and, yeah. and, and you know but at that age, I thought it was boring. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know how much a million pounds. I'd say I think it's an hour. And also, I feel, I feel like yeah, with a million pounds as well, you'd think like if you were to spend a hundred grand on something, you go, "That's only ten percent." Yeah, got, I've got ninety yeah. more of that. Yeah, exactly. Left. Yeah, exactly. so you think well, well, nine more. Well, the car was probably yeah. Thinking about it, I, I didn't at the time, mm-hmm. but yeah, actually, it probably was. I always, I kind of look at it as my one thought, and it's probably something I've heard a million times in my life. Is like, oh, if you won the lottery, would you tell anyone? Do you know what I mean? When people say that, because they're like, oh, well, people might start acting differently. People might start acting, asking for stuff, etc. So I always think it must be tough, especially at that young of an age, like to, to, to be gifted that. It'd make me question, like if anyone new came around me, I'd be a bit like, oh, shit, like try to work out if it's a real relationship. Do you or... know what? I don't think I was emotionally intelligent enough to, to think like that. Right. I, I, I completely agree with you now. I would, definitely now. Yeah. But back then, I don't, I don't think I was emotionally intelligent enough to even consider that yeah and then like you say about the cars yeah thinking about it, it probably was that but at the time you were just spending just, yeah, it, yeah. That didn't, oh that's nice Shiny. and you've also you've also got you've got to think as well at that young of an age i think anybody not even just yourself would be in a dilemma of you know i'm 21 what the hell do i spend this million quid on yeah and it wasn't just the money it was the that's probably going and buying clothes probably yeah, you're buying the clothes to go well i can go do it and I'd, I'd spend a fortune on clothes that didn't fit me mm-hmm. uh, there's a picture somewhere of I mean this expensive shirt that's hanging off me and I just look and it makes me sad because it's like I just lost I just yeah. lost do you, do you know this is it's quite a sad picture really mm-hmm. but really it's like oh, catty on my wrist yeah. expensive do, do you know what I mean it's like from the outside it's definitely a nice watch and all that that's it yeah, yeah. the good material things yeah um, I get yeah and, and Bridlington's like that mm. it still is when you look, go, look back now it's like who's got the car and who's got the, the gossip and they're all trying to beat each other and I'm thinking my god I'm glad I'm not in that not uh, by the way not my friends too <laughs> but there is people in Bridlington that are very much like that mm-hmm. look at my watch look at my car and mm-hmm. I'm like yeah I'm, I'm glad I'm not part of that because I, I I was a bit like that because I was like, I've got the first Range Rover Sporting brick. You know, you know that, so I was clearly like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and look, I mean, with that being the case, you can see why you would then get down that path anyway. Yeah. Because that subliminally, you've got all sorts of things going yeah. on you and yeah. the age that you are yeah. and this, that, but and the people, other. But I'm all for it. People want to be like that and they're happy. Yeah. yeah. It's not like it's, well, they're wrong for that. Mm-hmm. Just if that yeah, if that's what they like, that's what they like. Yeah. If they can afford it, go ahead. Yeah. I'm all, I'm yeah. all for it. It's just, the older I've got, the more I'm like, I'm not. I know what you mean, actually. Like, the things that I would even spend money on now, like, if I was to win the lottery, I'd probably go buy a new TV. Or I'd probably buy a house, actually, like a massive house. But I don't know, I'd just buy another. If you get a massive house for a million pounds these days. <laughs> yeah, true, actually. I'd buy a one bedroom flat in London. Yeah. Um, 
So lighten it up a little bit. We've got a question that we ask everyone on the podcast, uh, and it is for your dream festival. So we're big gig goers, and a lot of the guests we have on are like musicians and bands, etc. Yeah. So everyone that comes on, we ask them for a dream festival. So for a Friday, a Saturday, and a Sunday night headliner. Right. It can be anyone, alive or dead, a group, an individual. You could even, we've even had people create super groups before where they <laughs> merge people together. Yeah. It'll be really boring because I'm a bit of a kid guy. Nice. But it's a uh, Friday night. My my go-to band is, um, like, a bit of a sad group who I'm really, is, uh, have you ever a band called Embrace? Yeah. And, I, and yeah. I no, I haven't. Oh. Embrace from the 90s, it's like Britpop, kind of, just after Oasis, you know? Yeah. Um. Oh, they're they're quite a good show. I feel like it'd ease you into the weekend yeah, on a Friday night. That's as my. Well. See, I've never been to a festival, so this is new to haven't you? No, because of my injury. Mm. I'd, I'd like the. I love the thought of them. I just think, like the thought of Glastonbury, it's just too much for me. Mm. Yeah, I imagine that when I'm at Leeds Fest, it's a ball late getting to the toilet and yeah, stuff. So yeah, it's, like that. Yeah, the thought of it, I love. Reality. The actual idea of yeah. So do you have the main one on the do you have the main one on the Sunday night or the Saturday night? So so it depends. If you want to end it on a big one, you can put your That's main one on the Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, you can build up or there's sometimes a peak where it comes back down on the Sunday. See, I'm going with bands that I love going to watch. Yeah, that's what you should do. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna yeah. change actually. Not not change. The Saturday would be Support at Shed Seven. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually think I emailed Shed Seven asking if they wanted to come on the podcast the other week because they're doing a Millennium Square gig. Hey, I'm off to it. I, uh, yeah, yeah, I've seen that, and I, I've I've listened to them a few times throughout the years, and I know some mates who have been to see them. And I thought, well, they might get back to us. We've had some people of like a similar size, but I've not heard out yet. Yeah, they're um, they're superb live. Are they? So it's just a big karaoke. Yeah, <laughs> and he, what a front man he is. Um, Main act for the Saturday night would be, and this surprised me a bit actually, would be um, Richard Ashcroft. Ooh, yeah. I've never, I never got the verb thing. Mm -hmm. Never really got it really. And then I went to watch him at Millennium Square last year. A few mates. <laughs> My wife was having She's like, oh, it's the Steve Davison of music. <laughs> oh, oh, he's unbelievable. He blew me away. He was that good. He's a proper old school rock and roll star, oh, isn't he? He was class. I was like, this guy. And I was like, I've not stopped listening to him since. He's it's, it's one of those where where once you, you find out how he is as a person, you go, oh, yeah. all of that shit in the yeah. 90s, that all makes sense yeah. now. He, he's yeah. just, oh, the guy was, he was class. Mm -hmm. I always remember seeing a, um, it was like a, a BBC or a Look North interview where he refuses to take his sunglasses off. <laughs> yeah. And he's sat on the sofa going, no, 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 I'm wearing what I want. Yeah. <laughs> I think he stands on the sofa at one point. Yeah, he, else. He, he was just class. He, I was just, I wasn't expecting it. And I think that's what, and that happened the other year, actually. I'm going to watch them in July as well. Um, Ocean Call Scene. Mm. I went to watch oh, them at yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Square. Mm -hmm. Not really that arsed, because Shed 7 was spotting them, and I thought, oh, go for Shed. And then, um, Virgin Coast scene, which is still brilliant. I was like, going to them now. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah. But then the Sunday night, I'd have. I'm not massively into them as a sport app, but every time I've watched them, they've been class Kasabian. Ooh, okay. So were we talking which Kasabian are we talking now? I've not seen them with. Right, because I think this is the first. Well, yeah, they've just released, released the album. first album. So I've not yeah. heard that. Yeah. That, and yeah. That, that is, that's what I mean. I'm not a go to album with them <laughs> live. They, they blow me away every time. And I, I, I kind of judge a band. I'd go travel. If I'd travel to go see them, 
Some bit of a lazy sod, but you know, if I like, save him for any, I'd go to it. Yeah. On that. And then I'd end the weekend with Oasis. Oh, fantastic. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First time we've heard Oasis. I, d- I think it's the first time we've had Oasis as a full answer. I think I think we might have had like one of the Gallagher's as part of a super group at one point. <laughs> I think someone merged them I together. Oasis is... I'm all... Gigs have got expensive. Haven't they? Gigs have got so expensive. So expensive. <laughs> yeah. I, you remember the days where you, well, you, you trade, I'm all that. I used to pay 14 quid to yeah. go to a... Yeah, 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 yeah. Like now it's like... 70 quid, I'm like, 70 quid? Yeah, absolutely. Even, even the small gigs are coming up to £40 now. Yeah. And you think, like, at Leeds Stylus, at, like, the union, you yeah. think, what am I paying for? Exactly <laughs> that. But I have said, if Oasis get back together, I'll, I'll, I'll whatever it costs, I'm, I'm, I'll do, I'll try. Mm-hmm. I'll have a go. But I've been to see them. I remember going to watch them in Barcelona, didn't have a ticket, me and my mate went, let's play in Barcelona at the weekend. Cheap flights. Okay, let's go. Didn't have tickets now, just booked it and went to watch Barcelona. Went to watch them in Barcelona, did the uh, football tour and all that. Oh, nice, yeah. Uh, I nice. smashed. It was um, great. Went to, I've seen them in Dublin three times. I feel like you're just rubbing it in now. Yeah. I've never even <laughs> had the opportunity to see Oasis. Yeah, and I've been very fortunate. I've, I've seen I've seen Oasis quite a lot of times. Embrace, I tried to think how many times. Ashcroft just the once. Shed seven that many times. Need to get that Ashcroft number up. I've seen Liam once. And I'm seeing him again in the summer. That Bertrand's Oasis. Yeah. Yeah. Because he, he just goes and does all the Oasis. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, he says these are all bad. <laughs> yeah, I've been to watch Liam. I think I've only seen Liam once. Twice. Yeah. I think I think the closest I've got to that era is Stone Roses. I saw them a couple of years ago at Leeds Direct Arena. Uh, you know, when they... Thing? When they... <sighs> so you say I'm not into them, but yeah. my face. Yeah. To Wembley to watch. So, so when they were live, I think they were a really good band. I think the guitarist, the drummer and all that. But I think Ian Brown... Exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah. I said, put Liam Gallagher in there. Yeah, and you've got a, yeah, yeah, phenomenal. So I came away, I was like, you can't sing your shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Did you see and his recent tour where he was like, not even doing anything? He was just walking, yeah, yeah, he was just walking yeah. right stage. Oh, he booing him and stuff. Like, well, that was Unreal. Illegal, yeah, yeah, he went, but he was like 35 quid a ticket though, originally. Imagine if you paid that and he just walked out stage and didn't even sing. Didn't off. have a band or nothing. Yeah, he's crap. crap. Yeah. Um, but yeah, me and my wife have all this, because she's massive Stone Roses, I'm Oasis, and... I was just in the piss, like, because they did all the remastered stuff, didn't they? And they gave me tracks about 10 minutes long as it comes on the Spotify site. Oh, this will get us home then, won't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to wait for all that reverb yeah. to finish. Yeah, it was crap. Yeah. But band-wide, brilliant. Yes. Yeah, 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 fantastic. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. Yeah, I've never seen Noel. Um, He's uh, he's doing Leeds Arena in December, and I looked. Yeah, and it went to that as well. <laughs> see, I, I nearly got tickets. I was I was going to take my mum because she's a massive like she likes a lot of Noel's individual songs as well, but it was like hundred quid a ticket when I looked. Yeah, it might have been because fifty, I think. They might have been Ticketmaster adding on that, you know, yeah, to do that yeah. surge charge thing. But I was like, I can't pay a hundred quid just like, and that was like sat near gods as well. It's steep up there, yeah. Done it, yeah. I feel like you're a million yeah, miles away. Like it. it gets a bit steep for me. I feel like you're when in the college and all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like being in New Camp yeah. all over again. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so, so taking it back, after you'd recovered and and spent all your spent all your money that you were awarded, how did you start try to massively improve like your fitness and stuff? What was the journey like there? Um, I was doing bits in the gym and stuff, but I didn't. I didn't. When I look back, I just didn't look after myself. Just kind of flooded, I think. Mm. And when I was here, I just kind of got on with it. I only started really this the changing mate and the mountains and all that has only been since 
other than that, I'm 30. No, that's a lie. I, I, the way the mountains came about. Do you, have you ever heard of Rosemary Toppy? No, I don't think I have. So Rosemary Toppy, if you were to draw a mountain, you draw a Rosemary Toppy. Mm-hmm. And it's we live right at the bottom of it. So I was, I met my, I met my missus on Tinder. So she was working in Lee. I, like I mentioned before, I'm a bit lazy. So my previous girlfriend, I, I, uh, she lived in Brindley, so I was travelling, and I didn't. I thought I'm not doing that again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to meet someone in Leeds. I've got a nice city centre apartment. I, I'm, I want to meet someone in Leeds. So he said, no, I'm not moving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it turns out she was working in Leeds. I didn't realise she was working. But anyway, for a year I was just driving up to hers, and she she lives virtually at the bottom of Rosby Top. And I can brilliant that. And then on the anniversary, not the anniversary, my mum's birthday in 2017, she says, do you ever go away? And I managed it. I did it in jeans and, and she's passing me bloody cups of tea at the top with about 10 sugars in, passing out. And, <laughs> but what happened up there was um, I got these unbelievable views. Mm. And what I didn't mention is doctors told me I'd be in a wheelchair at 40. So I'd, I'd always, I've always had this in back of my head, mm-hmm. wheelchair at 40. Um, I had these unbelievable views and something kind of happened when it was like that 17 year kicked in again of going okay you can do this you know and that, that drive that hospital kind of determination kicked in again and then I thought I'm going to start doing something I want to do something that, it, the charity thing came up I want to do something for charity in the usual Yorkshire Free Peaks and so I don't want to do right everyone does it mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. not that I'm it's a bloody hard thing to yeah, do. Yeah, 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 yeah. And actually, I couldn't actually do that. Mm. But yeah, maybe, but I don't want to. Um, so I'm not, because it's really hard. But what I mean by that is, that's usually people's go-to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. the first option on the list. Yeah. One of those ways to go, have you done three peaks? Yeah, I've done three peaks. And it becomes like, yeah, yeah you did speed. I wanted something that was going to turn more people. Yes, yeah, of course. Yeah. So that's when my... I'd started looking after myself just before that. I got into the gym. I was, I was working out with a couple, I've got a couple of mates who own wheelchairs. I was working out with them um, in Halifax. They just hammer me because they're like upper body strength on them. They all play wheelchair rugby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're in wheelchairs, but like just, yeah, just huge. So, yeah. Um, uh-huh. And they're like, weak. <laughs> no movement in my shoulder. And, <laughs> yeah, so that I didn't, going back to the credit, that, that period, I didn't actually really look after myself. I'm amazed, amazed, sorry, I survived. You know, going down call lane when it's packed, I just get smashed. Because I was, uh, never had a problem with drink. I've always been a binge drinker. I've never woke up before, I need a drink. Mm-hmm. I've been addicted to anything. But when I look back, I was drinking to get smashed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like when you had one, you were like, right, here we go then. Uh, yeah. You're there for the night then. You know, I was, I was playing the big guy to, well, I'm having fun, but I was like, let me get smashed and I don't care, kind of. Uh, a lot of people say it as like drinking to forget. That's that was, yeah. Drink, drinking to forget, but in the moment you're thinking you're doing it because you're like, I like getting yeah. smashed. And it's like yeah. you're doing it, but you don't know why you're doing yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Of course. And then on the say next day, not speaking to anybody and spewing all day and being horrible and mm. not doing that again, but weekend comes again. And, you bat it, bat it. and I was in this bad habit of, and people didn't realize this. It was, I used to go down call in and, you know, I knew a few people down there, so, you know, you walk straight in, get the odd free drink and all, you know, the the usual stuff. And on social media, like, I was living living my best life. <laughs> and, um, mm-hmm. I got my apartment during the week. People didn't realise that. The anxiety took over so bad. I'd get to the front door and just sweat was coming up me, pounds no. on my hands, and you could see it. I was just couldn't get my door. 
and people would be thinking, well, what have you done? I'd lie. Yeah, I've done this, this, and this today. I was thinking, I know it's rerun, reruns of Top Gear all day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I've been stuck on the settee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop it. Uh-huh. People didn't realise that. And then I wrote a mental health blog before people were really writing them. And I got inundated with messages saying, you help me? Help you? I <laughs> well, can't help myself, yeah. What do I help you? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's how it all started, really. So, uh, about what, what kind of year was this, just roughly? I mean, since 2017. For about 2015. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 15, 16, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where did it switch from the blog to you actually taking on some of these feats and, and doing these? Two years later. Two years. So the, the challenge came from when I when I climbed, I've got a rugby topic. I say climbed, it's not that big. You know, when I look at it now, um, I went away, came down that next day, of the weekend I thought right the challenge I'm going to do I want to climb the equivalent of Mount Everest over eight months because that's how long I was in hospital for so I thought right it can coincide with that mm. um, and I just plotted all the big peaks all over England and thought right I'll do that and I'll end on Ben Nevis mm-hmm. so I'll, I'll do all the big ones and it'll all work out but then I, I did it over eight months and it was it was quite hard because I've never done anything like it before. I didn't know how my fitness was going to... I didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't know how I was going to be on a mountain. And the first one I did is called um, High Cliff Nab. You can see it out of my, my house now. And my, up there, out of the office window, you can see it. And it's it's a walk up a farm track. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it? It's, it's easy. Mm-hmm. I couldn't move for a week. Bloody hell. Do you know? And I'm thinking, I've got eight months to climb. You think, yeah, and you've yeah. Got, yeah, I've got all these coming off. Yeah, yeah. And at the time, I was tra- a trainee counselor, mm-hmm. so I was trying to be a trainee counselor at college and trying to negotiate all that whilst doing this. It was challenging. It really, it really was. I had to go some dark places there doing. Yeah, that. I can imagine. Mm-hmm. Even like the thought of walking, I- I'd quite like to do Ben Nevis, but I couldn't do that. Like I'm so unfit. Mm-hmm. Like having, if I can do it. No, no, I mean I could, but mm-hmm. as in like right now. In my current state, I'd have to do what you did and put months of, months of training into yeah. it. Ben Nevis is just a long walk. Is it? Yeah, it's nothing technical, Ben Nevis. Oh, I, I was under the impression that it was like there was maybe some more tricky bits in there. Not that not that I'm underplaying it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's hard. It's a long, yeah. but it's a long walk. There, there is, if you wanted to, like the north face of Ben Nevis is one of the hardest climbs in the world. Wow. Um, when we're going up somewhere big like that, is people. Mountains have been called the tourist tracks. So Ben Nevis main track up it's called the tourist track. And they need they, I think they might change it now. People think they can just go up wearing jeans and hoodie. Mm-hmm. You've got four thousand foot when I when I did it, sunshine at the bottom, snow on top. Bloody hell. You, yeah. Do you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's that high up. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's the weather. Can, mm-hmm. can, like Mountain Rescue, I think somebody died on the mountain that weekend. Mountain Rescue went up four times. The uh, helicopter. Yeah, I was on it. Yeah. And because people just think, oh, it's all right. I think, yeah, and it's one of those where they'll end up thinking it's all right. They'll get to halfway up and they'll go, bloody hell, I'm screwed. Whatever turns up. Yeah. I've been on so many mountains where it's like, and that, that was the thing, because I wanted the, the, the wheelchair things in back of my head. I wanted the views. Mm. During the uh, period, the eight months, I didn't hardly got any. I was going out in all sorts. So it was like the worst look. But it changed because it was bringing so many people together. Yeah. People talking that I'd never spoken before, and then going, oh, "I'm getting into this," and it's I get like enjoyment out of that. I get enjoyment out of seeing other people happy, and you know, I'm passionate about stuff like that. And I was like, oh, I clicked that I enjoyed that. 
What was that feeling like when you when you summited Ben? Ever- oh, what's it, Ben Nevis? Sorry, I was going to say Ben Everest. Well, ben Everest. Yeah. Funny enough, really, I um, we well, just knackered. I imagine when she got to the top, you're like, <laughs> well, I popped the question on top of Ben Nevis. Oh, amazing! Yeah. Amazing. I asked me, uh, so I took 38 people up. So 38 people came up with me, and um, got to top. I was really laggy with this guy because. My mate who did all the peaks with me, I got him to carry the ring up with me. Got, got him to carry the ring up for me. And he gave me eight bucks. I can only use one hand. The legs are killing everything. I've right. got to get down. And he's rocking. It's not like a flat. No, oh, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've still got my ultimate switch on. This guy's messing about, and I'm trying to organise these people. And everybody knew I was doing it. Mm-hmm. So I had all this pressure. And I'm thinking, I'll carry it down on me. Lucky enough, the guy must have clocked it because he took a video of it. He won't, he won't, in the tape pitch, he had a video, and I thought, oh, I, I apologised to him after. I was like, come on, mate, well, I'm giving it to... <laughs> um, but yeah, I popped the question. Looking up, she said, yeah, because bloody hell. Imagine if she said no. <laughs> yeah. A long walk down, innit? And she says no, like... Um, but yeah, I got down, and I was all right. And that's that was the difference. So actually, the next morning, I got up and drove, because we all stayed and went out for a big meal and a celebration that night. Um, I was quite emotional, yeah. Gave a speech, because um, I did it. I did it on the sixth of October. Well, I lost my mum on the second of October. The sixth of October, I'd, uh, my best friend's mum passed away on the sixth of October. She was like a mum to me. Mm-hmm. I did it on her anniversary, so there was a lot of emotions. Yeah, there was, and he was in the room with me, um, so there was a lot of uh, a lot of emotions there. So. Um, it didn't really kick out. I cried then, but then me and, me and the missus went to um, stay in this log cabin on this lake on the way back. We didn't even get out of the room because we ordered pizzas and Indian dinner. And, and she'd surprised me with this, all my mates. It was kind of a last minute thing, but she, like, can you name three things on Eleanor? What do you think of Eleanor? Three words to describe him. Um, and that got me. Oh, so, you know, I then bet. Just, it, whoa, I bet. just tears. I was, Waterfall. Yeah. <laughs> right, my eyes out, yeah. But um just just proud of myself. Yeah, it was it was good. But then I was I was a bit lost after it. Yeah, like I've achieved this goal now. Yeah. It, it, the whole thing was a bit weird. So I did in the Lake District one weekend. So I was the first Spinal Carnage injured walker to do two, three thousand footers in a weekend. It sounds good. But then when I came off that, we drove home. And to get into our house, you go down two steps and then step into the house. Couldn't get down the steps. Again. And then I had to get my wife to strip me off. Sounds romantic, doesn't it? One, one night. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not quite like that. Yeah. yeah. Sit me on the edge of the bath, turn my legs around. Mm-hmm. So I should have just had this celebration of climbing this mountain and everything. It reminded me of being back in hospital. Mm-hmm. You know, having somebody caring for me and not being able to move and... All that kind of yeah, so it's like I've done it, but at what cost? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was playing with my emotions all the time. I was going through a bit of a roller coaster with it. Yeah. I know from the point of when you had your injury and invested in in the uh, the Ferris wheels, etc. Now you're a counsellor. Yeah. And obviously, you said you started writing that blog um, at one point, and people started asking you for help and stuff. What was the journey like from there? Where did you think, oh, maybe I could actually do this? Maybe. This is the path for me to go down. A lot of friends said you should do it, but I never clicked on. 
and then people say, oh, that's all you should have done that years ago. I wasn't ready years ago to, to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd, I've got a friend, the oldest friend who I met when I went to uh, infant school. Still really good mates with him now. We're still very, very close. He was very high up in the area. I was just retired. Mm-hmm. And he said something to me on a night. I said, bringing 20 quid out with you is like bringing 150 quid out. Pissed at the time. You know, two lads. To... He says, did you just... You've come to Leeds, got no money. So in Bridge, you know, when you're getting free engaged, so you had money, people... Yeah, you didn't have money. Um, so you hadn't done that. People are drawn to you because of you. So on a night out, someone's always coming up to you. We're always talking to somebody. And I'm quite, like I say, I'm, I'm not one of these alpha males. I'm not walking into it, oh, look at me. <laughs> you know, the loud mouth. I'm not, I'm actually more reserved and, and stuff like that. So he said, but there's always people coming up to you. Telling someone and they they're coming up to me. I'm not I I'm not somebody to go up to them. But it never really it didn't really click with me. Kind of thing. Yeah. Like harshly saying that, like just try to be a nice type of thing. Yeah, but it just didn't it didn't click. It, it does now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it do it does click. Um and I've I've always been one to try and sort things and, and things like that. So I was just ready for it. After that thing, I thought, you know what? I'm I tried actually. I got back into a routine. I thought I want to set up a business of help, helping spinal cord injuries. That was my initial thing of going. I got offered nothing, hmm. nothing. The the associations to deal with spinal, unless you're in a wheelchair, don't want to know. Nobody's ever reached out. Nobody's ever done out. You know, an average. Nobody's ever offered me anything. So I thought, do that. I only give people who've got walking that that. Give them the yeah. support. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Filled with, yeah, yeah, Um, Problem with spinal is nobody wants to pay. Mm-hmm. Um, And I was, I had a bit of a, there's a lot of it going about at the minute. I had a bit of an attitude of my life experiences should be enough. Like you're getting a lot of coaches out there right now that are going, I've got over alcoholism. So follow my 12 steps and I'll get you out, you know, get an ice bath, get up at four o'clock and go for a road, and all that shit. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of crap. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm knocking ice baths. Mm-hmm. No, if it works for you, it works. But yeah. that doesn't mean it worked for you. Yeah, it don't work. It's not, it's not a cookie cutter approach, is no. it? And that's the same. A lot of these coaches yeah. out there at the minute are going, "Follow me," mm-hmm. and it's a lot of, like I say, it's a lot of bullshit. So I kind of had that attitude myself, mm-hmm. and I was like, do "You know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to go do level two. But I was, I'm, I'm dyslexic, so I was a bit nervous. I'm not being back. When I left school at seventeen, when I went, I said, "I've not done any, anything." So I'm like, "Shit!" Well, and yeah, anything academic. <laughs> yeah. So I thought I'll do a, I'll do like a course at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, did that, really enjoyed it, really enjoyed it. So I thought, let's go do level three. Level three counselling, the best course, because you just learn about yourself. It's so good. It's so good. But at that time as well, what I'd done was on level two, I went and got involved with a. A great charity in Brickhouse called Turning Point, and I was um I was classed as a sitter, so you basically opened the door for making a cup of teas and and that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, it again played on my mind a little bit because I was like, I don't know, I used to drive a Range Rover. <laughs> yeah, now I'm doing now I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. Well, I was like a sponge because I was around councillors, so I was just asking and learning how an organisation works and and just trying to and knowing that I'd never had a job. So placements are like rocking our shit in counselling. You have to do 100 hours volunteer work when you do level four. They're like rocking our shit. I thought, 
I need to stand out over all these other people. But if I know this organization, not that I'm guaranteed a place, I have to really mess up. But I'm already in with them. Mm-hmm. So I'm already that one step ahead of the game, kind of. And, and then I didn't make how I wanted my private practice to look and all that kind of stuff. And it was kind of like visualizing where it was that you wanted to be when you were starting out on that journey as yeah, well. It's so, changed counseling. Yeah, yeah. I went to Polish to tick a box. Mm-hmm. Um, my, I, learned, I learned a theory called person-centered, which basically is that the person sitting in front of you is the expert. So like you're the expert in yourself. It's just when people struggle they don't realize it. Um, but it's also quite, can be quite wishy-washy kind of like, how does that make you feel? You know, and, and what mm-hmm. people think of, can't come and lay my shares long and uh, man, nothing like that. Man is, like I was mentioned, you know, like I was talking to, to somebody about football today, mm-hmm. you know, and I build up that relationship to go, right, I come from a place. So when we go back to the money, at one point, that it sounds like that wheel was massive failure. At one point, it was earning really good money. It was only because greed got in the way that it all kind of went wrong. It was earning good money. It was earning good money. I still couldn't open the curtains. Those pills are still next to my bed. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I don't earn that money now. Once I jump out of bed every day, well, I can't jump for a while. But I don't jump out of bed every day. But I love what I do. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm so passionate about what I do. I, I Part of people's, I hate the word journeys because it sounds like eggs packed to done do you know what I mean? Part of yeah, that, when yeah, of course. I ruined struggling. Mm-hmm. Rock bottom. I know what it's like to be rock bottom. Mm-hmm. It's shit. It's lonely. It's crap. If I can help that person get back functioning. Mm-hmm. Come on, we, let's have this. Be, be, be a team. Yeah, yeah. Let's sort this shit. My strap line is making counselling work for you. It's got to look that on the directory. Really, like, let's get shit done. Not and and like not from a coach's point of view. Like, do what I say. But I might chuck something at you and go. What about this? But I need you to be honest with me and go, oh, that was shit, I've tried it. It's not everything's going to work for you. We'll find some that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No matter what it is, we'll, yeah. we'll find a way. Yeah. And, and it's like having that toolbox. And me being that counsellor is because they say, well, you, you have endings and you, the, the, the client isn't supposed to rely on you. Like, well, what's wrong with having that safe space to go, do you know what? I don't need to. If I'm doing my job right, mm-hmm. you shouldn't need to come and see me every week. That's it. My business model's terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. crap. Retention. Yeah, no, like a out the window. <laughs> are you? Um, I don't put any value on money. Mm-hmm. I put value on that getting those. And I always say, like, these, you put 100 people, how many, out of 100 people, how many are going to say, I love my job? I'm yeah, bored. Very right. I, yeah, exactly. I, you know, I'm... So I think, I think, I think enjoying what you do on a daily basis, waking up and actually going, you know, I'm making a change, I'm actually, I'm enjoying this, is worth more than yeah. having money in the but bank. Like, like I came in tonight, and I said, because oh, these tough days, they're hard. But that's when I've got to be couple of steps ahead of everybody else but mm-hmm. knowing myself and but I basically sell sounds like so but to get you to function to be the expert yourself to know why you do certain things how do you work as a person mm-hmm. I know exactly how I work as a person I know what I do what I'm going for like it's just knowing yourself so I knew I was I had a few drinks and said a couple of stupid stuff on on Saturday night at that trying to get into a bar I woke up next morning and emailed the bar straight away Apologised mm-hmm. uh, because I've been obnoxious prick going back to me. Something happened. I just lost my nan. Mm-hmm. I lost my nan last week. Mm-hmm. So, Sorry for your loss. Yeah, cheers. But it, it obviously played on my mind without me. It's all right, actually. And then once you've had a little tipple, it's yeah, snuck it. through. Something going yeah. on for me that I need yeah. to speak to somebody about that. Yeah, that's it. To sort that shit out. So it's like it's like catching yourself yeah. doing these things and being it, conscious of how people think you're gonna wear a magic wand and you're never gonna suffer from anxiety again. You're never gonna suffer from depression. You shouldn't. Yeah. Anxiety, you will, because you've got to normalise certain anxieties. Mm-hmm. 
No, I was probably a bit anxious coming over here tonight. You can mean, yeah, I mean, you, do, do, do you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have to, you have to normalise that. That's true, actually. I've kind of started doing that in the last year. I think after COVID and stuff, I, I was struggling a little bit with anxiety. And it was for things that I probably should have been anxious about, like the first gig I was going back to or the first time I was going back to Ellen Road. And I remember sitting, like, proper driving myself mental over it. But now when I look back at it, I'm like, obviously, I should, he's more nervous. Like, yeah, I should yeah, be nervous yeah, for that. Exactly that. Then there's a lot of there's a lot of people that confuse. It's in the same way that sadness and depression become one and the same. Yeah. Nervousness and anxiety, and it's like those aren't... Yeah, yeah. Was, I used to get people through the phone, and it's in the past week, if you felt anxious or nervous, not, uh, not being none at all for being very often. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, I can't get people down to not. So how can I get them to fill in that form if I can't get me down to not? Mm-hmm. Can't do it. Mm-hmm. So I, I'll never do some of that. I, I won't do myself. So I don't I don't try and get somebody to function if I'm not functioning myself. And I'm so self-aware that I can't do that. So, But I'll always be prone to depression mm-hmm. because I've suffered it. Mm-hmm. I should never, ever go back there. Mm-hmm. I'm allowed a bad day. I'm allowed two bad days. And it's getting people to... Realize that I'm going to listen. You know, I'll a couple of bad days, we're not, you know, you, like we spoke before about motivational speakers and all. I'm telling you now, nobody's is that. Like, hey, come on, every day. No, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just not possible. It yeah. kind of reminds me of like a diet where sometimes if, you, if you're on a diet for gym and you have one bad thing, like you have one biscuit, you could just have that biscuit, but then you end up eating the whole pack and giving up on the whole diet for the rest of the month. Whereas in reality, you could just have that pack and go, all right, shit, yeah, I need to get yeah. back on it tomorrow or day after yeah. instead of counting yourself out completely. Yeah. So, well, they have these things, he's one leg, he starts Monday and all that. Mm-hmm. And crowd's like, just know yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, give yourself a bit of leeway and like, right, what's going on for me? You know, it, you always, especially what I do, bring it back to you, because a lot of people come with, has it come from my parents? Has it done this? It's always somebody else like, well, how about you? Mm-hmm. Always bringing it back to you, and mm-hmm. that's my niche, my, my skill set is getting that person to come in. I always ask a question in the first session, usually towards the end, and say, "Can name three things you like about yourself?" And honestly, everybody, virtually everybody, sits in front of me, shits himself. Oh, it's been that one, and you can see. Mm-hmm. Oh, just like listen, don't worry. That's why you're here. Mm-hmm. No, we'll get you. I always, I'll say, I'll get you stood on my table. I, I, I always say it, but I said, I don't want you to stand. <laughs> yeah. so you Metaphorically. Off, you <laughs> off, you're gonna. Yeah, yeah I, always, I, I feel that. By the time we, like I said, I never finish with a client, but by the time we get you to here, mm-hmm. you'll be able to stand on my table and go, I love myself, and name three things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's not in an arrogant way. Mm-hmm. I love myself, but not like, look at me, arrogant. It's like, I can't tell you I love myself, and then, but trying to get you to love yourself. That's it. Work. That's it. Yeah, yeah. it don't work. And there's also people that say, "How can you love someone else if you can't love yourself?" In the first place, but it's back yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You mentioned earlier that after your accident and you'd, you'd walked out of the hospital, you'd been awarded that money. It looked really good from the outside, but not many people like asked you about how you were actually feeling, mm. and you maybe started opening up a lot more about that in the last few years. How do you think it's going? We spoke quite a lot about like men's mental health and stuff on here, and I feel like the needle is moving a little bit on that. Like more and more men are doing things like going to counseling and talk about it and like uh, are quite open about it. How much do you think that's changed in the last like 10, 15 years? Massive, isn't it? It's, they still, I think the problem is, I don't sound a bit wrong when I say this, but there's a, obviously there's a stigma around mental health. Mm. More of a stigma around counseling. Because it's like, I, I, again, I want my clients to go away and go, I've got to speak to them. I've got somebody I've got not that I'm the, the right counsel for everybody when I, I, I give people a, a, a 10 minute call first I said go do your research because mm-hmm. my style's like this that might not work mm-hmm. for you it's about you not me mm-hmm. right? and it's happened four times 
where somebody's going, do you know what? I found somebody else. Good. Because mm-hmm. we probably wouldn't. Where, yeah, that's it. Um, yeah. But people are going, it's all right. The, the only one thing I've got is, like, we're getting a lot of, it's good to talk, it's okay to talk, and all that kind of stuff. I'm a bit of a, you've got to go to a group every week. Something else going on. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't need to go to a group every single week and mm. to say, people's lives have been saved. It's great that it's good, you know, if you've had a crap week and you've got somewhere to go. Definitely. Really. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. I just wish places like, like places would go. Let's, let's let's if, find if, a if it's somebody that's been there, you know, yeah. countless it's, weeks it, it, on end, let's count, have a. Yeah, because yeah. there is a difference. Yeah. Like I say, I don't want to see what clients are at because I'm thinking I'm not doing my job very well. So why do you need to go to a group mm-hmm. every week? Well, I think they're doing great stuff for people that. Yeah, for, again, again, it's what works for you. Yeah. Saying it's the situation of. You shouldn't have to be going to. That's it. Yeah, that shouldn't have to be what you rely on. No, to, yeah, to move yourself it's forward. And on if that's the case. Mm-hmm. But it's obviously moving in the right direction because people are talking about stuff is getting advertised and it's it's all right. And I think the biggest like stuff about being cool, the coolest thing to me is knowing yourself. Yeah, and being content in yourself is much cooler than any pair of shoes you can own. And yeah, the, the way I describe it is, you know, if you like heartbeat monitor. So that's, everybody's normal is different. Our normal's mm-hmm. completely different. Do you know what I mean? And that's cool. Mm-hmm. As long as you know you're normal, it, it doesn't matter, does it? Yeah. But say normal's there. My job is to get you to this heartbeat. Just be up, you know, you can be able to, some days you might be able to, but when people come say it says mad one, you know, like that. Mm-hmm. So my job's to help you get to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What would you say, and this might be a pretty difficult question to answer, but what would you say some of the more common things that you've seen in the last few years have been like, is there any issues that you see people regularly come in with that, that I don't know, maybe there's a bit of a trend in some areas? Biggest one at the minute is controlling partners. Yeah. You've heard the word narcissist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. About a lot, you know, yeah. That's a massive one at the minute. Mm-hmm. Massive one. I think I think again it's 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 that in itself is a similar situation where like with men's mental health where it's becoming more the norm. So it's not just that people are accepting it's more, it's also people are noticing it more and yeah. getting into the mindset of, oh, here are all these yeah. things that it could be. When it's coming to guys as well. It's, it's coming from both. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not just men and women. Yeah. It's coming to, the, the when when the guys are coming in, what they tend to struggle is being a guy and that's happened to them. That, and then they can't get their head kind of the masculine side of it. No. And he's, he's trying to drop that because, hang on, you're just a person. Yeah, we're all humans. We've got to take yeah. that mm-hmm. male, female bit out of it. Now, I'll tell you what's really weird as well. We did a, we did an episode earlier this week um, with someone called Dr. Zara Brody, and she was talking about how much that type of like controlling relationship and domestic abuse and stuff went up throughout COVID, but also how she's trying to per- persuade people to give funding and stuff because a lot of the relationships that developed those kind of relationships in that time, it'll seem normal for like two years. So then now we're out of it, people are starting to realize that it's not normal, but they might have already been with that person for a few years yeah. now at this point. So it's going to be difficult for them to recognize that that's not how it yeah, should be. Recognize the red flags and that. But that's where some like social media comes in. Well, and I have a, they have a love-hate relationship with social media. Like we were talking with you when you said about doing reels and stuff. Yeah, yeah. My, my wife said to me, she said, oh, so many counsellors out there doing reels and anxiety, depression. <laughs> yeah. And my wife was like, yeah. you should get on that. Yeah. I was like, I sell myself on being genuine and part. I said, mm. that isn't me. And I said, people that see me, they, because I, I have a lot of, I've got two, yeah, the, the counselling page I've got, didn't we? So I've got two social media, I'm on the private and me, my work's one. 
says, I've got clients on there. They see me doing real, and then they're going to come into my room. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, that relationship's changed because... A completely different person. They're getting me passionate, genuine. All of a sudden, if I'm pointing and doing real... <laughs> yeah. Not that, do you know what I mean? It's just, it's not, yeah, it's not yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, your style. Yeah. Like, I, I haven't really got TikTok. My wife spends a lot of time on TikTok. I've got an account. But I've seen her make one. I've seen how long it takes. And I'm thinking, you know, by the time I've finished these clients today, I ain't got time to do a TikTok. I'm like, oh, my head. Yeah, could you imagine? Yeah. Oh, man, it's yeah. painful. Trust me. Like, we, we posted quite a lot on TikTok. And the I'm one, watching, I'm looking the, at the good. The one video that did really well, like our most viewed thing ever, was just me saying that you shouldn't get mac and cheese on a Sunday dinner at Toby Carvery. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a, no, no, I said, no, you uh, can't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's all kinds of wrong. But we've put some great ones up that get like 2,000 views. And then that got like how many? Nearly half a minute. Nearly half a million. Really? Yeah, just, just, just a seven second clip of him saying that. Just Really? And I'm like, yeah, I've, I've spent hours editing ones like with politicians and stuff and big people. And it's had a, a thousand views. Some of them even less than that. And then that one that took me five minutes. It's just me chatting shit about a car rated really well. Uh, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all no. kind of wrong. Are you pineapple on pizza? I would never order it, but if it was like at a wedding or something, I'd still eat it. Yeah, I'm probably with you. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, I, like I, I would never order. Yeah, yeah. but I never get a Domino's and get a pineapple oh, on no. pizza. I'm, I'm Domino's. The shit. Yeah, but oh, tough yeah. times. Yeah, and you're like, well, I'm not eating that tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she does that. But yeah, I, I've, I've started getting a bit more political. The older I'm getting, mm-hmm. yeah, my, my, my wife is. I think, I think, I think it's definitely something that. Over the past few years, I've also gotten a bit more into. But again, it's 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 all sorts of stuff. Like it's just the effect that, unfortunately, talking about it, which I hate doing is COVID has had on everybody in the ways that you kind of start to want to look into policies and find out what they do. And also with how the economy's gone now, how everything's going yeah. downhill, everything costs a bomb. You just kind of have the, to force uh, yourself into COVID. It. One, the one that game is the party. Because that's the one thing. Cause that party game, yeah. Everybody was like, well, you should do this, COVID. And, and nobody knew because none of us, uh, it's not like I, I probably don't really support a party, to be honest. Mm-hmm. That's political. It's a, my, my wife's um, a Liberal Democrat. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really. I'm, I've, I've shown my interest because it's uh, some kind of conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, uh, the one thing I don't agree with is what, how they've been. But when COVID did it, it's like, well, nobody knows what to do here. Yeah. So it's easy to point fingers and stuff like that and well they should have done this well nobody knew yeah but <laughs> one thing we can all relate to is don't know to party yeah, they definitely should have been doing that yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've been told well you can't party and then they're all getting off the reds yeah yeah i know ridiculous like, i know yeah, yeah yeah that were it yeah that, that will uh yeah come back yeah. to kick you in the nuts or that one that was the that was the beginning of the end i think yeah yeah i think the problem with politics my problem with politics at the minute is it's just like as you said the, the rules are just completely different. Like I've seen politicians like talking about food banks and stuff, whereas in Westminster you get discounted meals because you're a politician on 100 grand a year and it's just baffling really, isn't what, it? Who leads last Tuesday? I walked past, um, I live near down, uh, down near Leeds Dock. Mm. I walked past the Palace Pub into town. I walked past two food banks and it really hit me. Mm. It really upset me mm-hmm. really, because I was like, this shouldn't be happening. Mm-hmm. Just seeing like families there and like, Shit. In this country as well, yeah. it's like it's it's it unbelievable. No, not at all. It's like I say, I'm I'm not. I try not to be political too much, but it's we just shouldn't be living like that. Some, yeah. Something's not right. And I, and a bit of me thinks. So my, with with my wife, I know she's in it for the right. She's not in it for 
where you go and if it's not cleaning bloody graffiti or she wants to live in a better area yeah not cleaning graffiti off bloody mm-hmm. bus stops my penis had hit that somebody's going to she's like, yeah that's the biggest one I've seen yeah, yeah. And, and she's in it for the right reason yeah of course and I think get more people like it because I think sometimes liberals can be far too that way then these go far too that way and it's like surely there's enough people intelligent people that go it's not about me and my ego mm-hmm. how do we make this country better there must be enough people to sit in a room and go what do we do? Yeah, what's gone on? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Common sense to go, how do we move this forward? Because it's like the, the thing where they're doing about the boats at the minute. And it's like, obviously, not everybody can... Like, Gary Lineker's been on Twitter today speaking complete sense, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, not everybody can come in, but you just can't send people out. Do you know, there's got to be some middle ground yeah, here while is. we all talk. Mm-hmm. You know, how do we work this out? Well, I think when we had we had John Battle on um, a couple of months back, who was the MP for Leeds for, right. for like 20 years, and he had held high positions in the Labour government. And uh, he was talking about how, and this is someone that was literally like the Minister of Foreign Affairs mm-hmm. and, a, and a bunch of different high titles. And at one point he said, and even now I'm at the point where I don't even know if like the current system as it is, is how it should work. Like I'm looking at young people and thinking, if you've got a better idea, then it looks like it might be about time to like change the whole thing. Yeah. And that's kind of how I look at it. Like even, I think no matter what party was in, we'd have like similar levels of corruption. And I think a lot of the problems are things that are away from the government's hands. It's more like, like Amazon and stuff are over here, not paying tax, Starbucks. Yeah, yeah, it's things yeah. like that and those big companies. And as you said, there must be enough people that are, sensible enough to get around the table and say all right well obviously you've got to make some money but do you really have to yeah. put the prices up when your profits have already gone up 200 percent? like so there needs to be somewhere on that mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. It's, it's just yeah it's kind of it has me mad with <laughs> yeah um, it's one of those things that is best, like i've gotten more into it but the more i get into it the more i wish i never got into yeah. it <laughs> yes yeah but you yeah, think is, if i could not think about this shit yeah and i only started really to have conversation with my wife and support and stuff. Mm. I feel like it is one of them topics that, I mean, I, I kind of slightly do the same with football where I just keep up to speed enough that I can, you know, keep a conversation yeah. and that. Whereas then when it comes to politics, it's the same where you have to stay yeah. to a level. Because somebody will come out of nowhere and say, have you heard they passed this new bill where this, yeah, that, and the other? And you go, I'm, I'm not <laughs> intelligent enough to have that. Do, do you know what mm. I mean? I can I can go write these are my views. And yeah. like I say, sometimes far left says, oh, no, that's a bit too much but then the fact it's that's too much i'm like that's all right though like the thing is you don't have to be right and it doesn't always have to be right but i'm going to ask you for a prediction now just to f- finish it off on a fun oh, note it is so, so this episode this episode is going to come out next friday so whoever's listening will already know what's happened in the premier league right so what's your predictions at the minute southampton are already down and then it's between leeds leicester and everton for the other spots so you've got you've got tottenham yeah do, do you want the sh- just short answer you no no we can we've got a little bit yeah we've got, so you've got tottenham on yeah is it where at home uh, at home tottenham are crap at minute no but fancy so it's so elite yeah so yeah to be fair um <laughs> Tell you what, I've sat in that cop before when Leeds scored in the last minute. I've been, I've been to a lot of Leeds games, so I've got a lot of I'll never see that cop again. I feared for my life. It's, it's something else, isn't it? Yeah. 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 It's, not, it's nice to walk from 30 hours. It's nice to look at from a distance, yeah. to not be in. Yeah, exactly yeah. that. Um, Leicester got West Ham, haven't they? Mm-hmm. And it's That's Leicester's, at Leicester's at home, yeah. So all, so all three of us are at home, aren't we? Yeah. Ooh. Ain't you know what? He's heaven. <laughs> <laughs> On paper, 
we should stay. And I think out of 19 scenarios, we go down on six or five. Are we Out of the 19 scenarios, we only stay up on four. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. I seen it. I seen it the other day. I <laughs> yeah, seen it in the group chat. Yeah. Yeah. And one of those, including that scenario, is us beating Tottenham. So, yes, it was very unlikely. Of course, I, I can't not go with us, can I? Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? It's, But it's, I don't trust, like I say on paper, it's Everton, Bournemouth at home. You should, should smash them, but they put seven past us in December, you know, over t- in a week, yeah. over two games, and we've got no right back, got no left back, got no strike. I think the thing that I'd be happy about if I were you is the fact even if you lose, Leeds aren't going to win. So my, I, I, if you know, it's been a bit of a bad one for me because I like Leeds. I'm mm. amazed I support Leeds. I've got a place here, so I want the city to have a Premier League team. I want the, I love, I love Leeds. I love Leeds. I want them to have a Premier League team. Mm-hmm. My best mate is well, my best man is um, Forest fan. Mm-hmm. I'm Everton fan. So, you know, ideally, I'd want all three of us to, to stay up. <laughs> in the same league. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. Go down, don't it? Yeah. But if it's Leeds or Everton. <laughs> as much as I love this city, <laughs> yeah. Everton's, I'd be depressed for 40 years. <laughs> yeah, funny enough, on a similar vibe, I was talking to my old man last night, and we were both saying, like, to be honest, both of us should be Premier League teams. Yeah. Like, as should Leicester, really, yeah. after the last Premier couple of years. Yeah, only five, six years yeah. ago, wasn't it? So... Yeah, it's a, it's a sad state of affairs, and yeah, I I'm not looking forward to championship next year. If we do go, we'll do what happened to Leeds and Man City. That's what I believe. Like drop off. Yeah, I think because I just think with the finances. Yeah, you've got a big wage bill, like massive huge. Wage bill. We've got the new ground. Mm, that's going to be costing a lot. So we're earning Goodison Park for another season. I just I think if we go, we we go big time. I do not see us doing a Burnley, and he's going to keep slipping. Yeah, yeah. I don't see us bouncing back. I think the same with Leeds, though, because as much as we don't have quite as bad financials, we're set up to a point where if we go down, most of our players' wage bills get cut in half, yes, which is good, yeah. but they're all just going to leave. All the good ones mm. that'll, that'll, that'll do well in the championship like are just going to go straight away. It's going to become a championship. Yeah, with them, if we yeah. go down, we'll just our, stay there, I reckon. Our owners are proper tight, so we're not going to buy any championship players. They'll think, oh, we'll risk it for a season, play youngsters and see if we can bounce back up. But... um. Yeah, a positive way to end it. I'll be ignoring your calls. If, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't put it out. <laughs> no, but thank you so much for joining us, Alan. Really love this com- conversation. It. Like, honestly, some of the stuff you've been through and the point you're at now is is really good to see and it should definitely motivate other people, especially like if you're in a job you hate and you're thinking about doing something else as well or in a position where you think you can better yourself do it and if you're in Leeds go talk to Alan (laughs) yeah there you go yeah thank you very much thank you very much cheers